0: Today we're celebrating 78 years of Woodmont Christian Church. As most of you know, Woodmont was started, or we might say born, or better yet say birth, in July of 1943, when Vine Street Christian Church, which then existed downtown on Vine Street, felt it was important to start a new Christian church in the outlying areas of Nashville. This was an outlying area back then. The 51 founding members called Frank DeWoda from Mayfield, Kentucky to be their first minister. And they purchased a four story building residence with columns in front that we call the mansion today as a combination, a parsonage for the DeWoda family and a worship center for the new church. The cost of the house was $35,000. Sunday school classes were also held on the top floor of the mansion. And uh, as Frank DeVoto used to always like to say, young Frank, uh, when the family would worship there on Sunday mornings, I mean, when the church would gather to worship, the minute they walked in, they knew what the preacher was having for lunch because the cooking permeated the whole worship center. Six years later, in 1949, the church held its first worship service in this beautiful sanctuary, although it wasn't fully completed at the time. And then over the years, Woodmont has been expanded at least eight different times, in 1958, 1959, 1960, 1986, 1989, and then 2015— and 2020 with our new chapel and Sunday school rooms. Woodmont has had six senior ministers, with Dr. DeWoda being the longest one to serve. He was here for 30 years until his retirement. Since today is a birthday celebration, I'm one that thinks you ought to have a little fun at a birthday party, so I wanna see if I can have a little fun with you. I have been a part of the Christian church all of my life. Uh, I was literally born into it. And the older that I get, the more I appreciate all the special memories that continue to come to me over the years that I've been a part of the church. Some of those memories are sad. Some of them are very serious, but a lot of them are just plain funny. And I love to think about some of the funny things that happen in church life. When I was a young boy, for example, it was not uncommon for my father, who was the preacher, to stop right in the middle of the sermon and say, would the deacons please bring my boys down front where I can watch them? That's because we were misbehaving. You know how PKs are. Only I like to be considered a GTO a great theologian's offspring. One Sunday, my brother, who's three years younger than I, uh, was sitting behind me right in the middle of the church about halfway back during the morning worship. And everybody was standing for the opening prayer. And when the prayer was time to sit down, he took a pencil from the pew rack and put it against the back of the pew behind me and aimed right at my back. And I stood up right in the middle of the church yelling out loud with a pencil sticking out of my back. Will one of the deacons please ring my sons down front where I can keep an eye on them? One of my claims to fame was that when I was about eight years old, I was literally kicked out of the First Christian Church of Fort Lauderdale, Florida by Helen Bruton who later became director of Christian education here at Woodmont. Evidently, I had been greatly disrupting the children's church because I was climbing on the outside windows making faces at the kids while she was trying to lead children's church. I remember when Clay was about four or five years old, our church in Memphis put on a a very big and beautiful pageant a Christmas pageant about the birth of Jesus. And when the angel Gabriel announced to Mary that she was going to give birth to God's son, Gabriel was standing in one of those buckets on one of those lifts that goes up, 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 and can go all the way up to the ceiling. And our church front was, was about this high. And as Gabriel's bucket went up, his robe kept flowing all the way to the ground it was folded up on the ground and it kept unfolding as the bucket went up so you can picture that but unbeknownst to anybody but me my son clay was sitting in the bottom of that bucket and when gabriel kicked him once he was to push the up button when gabriel kicked him a second time the stop button when he kicked him the third time the down button and then when they got to the bottom hit him again to stop Well, as that bucket kept going up, 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 all I could imagine as it got to the top was it was going to fall forward and Clay and Gabriel were going to go flying out over the congregation. Thankfully, that didn't happen. And it was a, a wonderful dramatization of the nativity story. But without a doubt, I think the funniest story that I can remember from my life in the church across the years has to do with sunday morning coffee and donuts our church in memphis like woodmont offered free coffee and donuts on sunday mornings but we also had a lot of meals at the church we had sunday lunch wednesday night dinners every time the cwf or the board or any group met they would serve them lunch so we had a full-time church cook hostess and uh, One of these years, our our financial leaders discovered that because of the church hostess generosity and because of the willingness of the custodians and a lot of church members to take advantage of that generosity, we were losing money out of the kitchen budget to the tune of $30,000 a year. Well, when that church cook, who was very much loved, died suddenly and unexpectedly, we hired a new church cook and host, and we gave him the specific instructions that he was to stop the financial bleeding from the kitchen. So one thing that he began doing immediately was charging a dollar for a cup of coffee on Sunday morning. Now, one of the members of our church there, we nicknamed Cowboy Bob because it suited him so well. But Bob was sort of a a handyman that loved to do all sorts of things around the church, especially for our contemporary worship service. And he was also an avid hunter and fisherman. He had done it for decades. And when he went hunting and fishing, he had a favorite cup, one of those old plastic styrofoam line cups. You remember those old things that uh, people used to have? And uh, he would put his coffee in that cup When he would go hunting and fishing only he never had coffee by itself he also always let uh, jack daniels accompany his coffee but he never washed that cup for years even decades it was extremely nasty well one sunday morning bob walks into the gathering area of the church puts his nasty cup under the big coffee urn and pours himself a cup of coffee with that our new church host says that'll be a dollar Bob goes, what? That'll be a dollar. I don't pay a dollar for my coffee. Well, you do now. And Bob said, well, if that's the case, you can just have it back. And he took the lid off the urn and he poured the coffee right back into the pot. I stood there watching that, thinking, I can't believe it. This This goes down in history. So I'm sure that you can share your stories and your memories from life in the church across the years. But this morning on this birthday Sunday, I want to look at the more important question of why has Woodmont Christian Church been such a strong and vital and growing church, even more so today than ever, in a time when most churches are declining and one out of four churches every year are literally closing their doors One of the first sermons that I ever preached as a minister was entitled The Fourfold Purpose of the Church. I preached that sermon almost 50 years ago, but I would preach it the same sermon again today because I believe that even though times have changed, those four things I pointed out in that sermon are still what Jesus Christ wants his church to be, what the mission is all about. We read about those four things throughout the New Testament, but we especially see them laid out specifically in the second chapter of Acts in the scripture that we read this morning. And those four things are fellowship, worship, education or nurture, and service to others or what we call outreach or mission today. And I am... So pleased that Woodmont emphasizes all four of these things fully and equally. First, there is fellowship, which means a sense of community. The New Testament Greek word used is koinonia. And koinonia means close-knit fellowship, close-knit relationships. In fact, the connection is so close that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when it talks about the body of Christ, it says, when one suffers, all suffer. When one rejoices, all rejoice together. In this koinonia of the church, we share each other's joys as well as our sorrows and our difficulties. We are there for one another. Loneliness is one of the biggest problems that plagues our modern world today. People are so lonely in the modern world that several years ago, doctors added a fourth requirement necessary if you are to live a healthy life. You know the first three, which is eating right, getting enough sleep, exercising every day. But the fourth one they added is that you need to be connected. Human beings were created to live in relationship with each other. As we read in the story of Genesis we were not created to live alone and being connected means you need to be a part of some kind of a group that meets regularly in which the members bond with each other on a deeper level than just a superficial level here at Woodmont, we do this we offer this opportunity in countless ways and more than just coming to worship on sunday mornings we encourage everyone to be a part of some kind of a small group or a fellowship group, a Bible study, a women's circle, a Sunday school class, a mission group, the Wednesday night fellowship dinner, so many opportunities for you to be connected with other Christians. I think this is what really attracts people to Christ church in the modern world if the church does this. And once people come, that's certainly what keeps them there even generation after generation. And and I was taught when I first became a minister that one of the signs of a healthy church is that you have multiple generations in the church. Think about the multiple generations, as many as four generations in many families here at Woodmont. This is truly a New Testament-loving church that follows Jesus' mandate When he says, you are to love one another as I have loved you. That fellowship of Christian love is so vitally needed in a world like ours today that's so often so cold and lonely. And how many times across the years have I heard church members say to me when they're going through the loss of a loved one or some other crisis or hard time in life, they say, what do people do if they don't have the church? I don't know, because I have always been a part of the church and grateful for it. The second characteristic of a truly New Testament church is worship. Love the Lord with all your heart. Sing praises to God. Worship the Lord your God. The Bible says that repeatedly. Our word worship comes from the old English word worth-ship which means lifting up that which is of greatest worth to you, that which is most important to you. And that's what we do when we gather here on Sunday mornings, if we know what life is all about. We're telling, we're showing, we're singing, we're praising what is most important in life, and that's our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And the heart of worship in the Christian church is the sacrament of the Lord's table, the Lord's supper. Jesus said to do this every time we gather together. And so we read back in the book of Acts chapter 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers You know, people in our modern world get so busy doing so many different things that we never stop very long to think about what really is most important in life, what means the most to us. In the last few weeks, I have gotten caught up in this TV series called Alone. It's about a group of people that are taken up into the wilderness of Alaska and dropped off in different places, miles from anybody else, and there to survive in the wilderness. And uh, there were nine to begin with. Now we're down to five, I think. And uh, the one that lasts the longest wins half a million dollars. But what has struck me the most, among other things I enjoy in that kind of wilderness survivalism, but that they all, when they're by, totally by themselves, they begin to realize and they talk about how much their families mean to them how much their spouses their children their friends because they're totally alone and like they say i don't like being alone that's why god had said nobody was created to be alone so worship is a time that all of us need to come together and to to Celebrate what is of greatest worth in our lives. And the greatest thing of worth in our lives is relationships with God and with one another. A third characteristic of a truly New Testament church is education or what we would call today Christian nurture. Jesus said to his disciples and to us, teach them to obey all that I have taught you. The church exists, to educate God's people, to teach them what life is really all about. Answering those important questions of of who am I? Why am I here? And where is it all headed? And since those answers are found in the message of Jesus and reflected in the way he lived his life, then the church wants to help everyone become more like Jesus, and develop the qualities that give life meaning in what we think, what we say, and what we do on a daily basis. Baptism is just the beginning. It's not the end. Baptism is the beginning of discipleship. A phrase I love is that we grow into our baptism. We grow into what it is that we said when we committed ourselves to believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We're not here just to add members to the role of the church, but we want to transform people's lives, transform them into true disciples of Christ. And that's why we're always offering Sunday school classes, Bible studies, special seminars, Wednesday night classes, small groups, and so much more as we read again in chapter two of Acts about the early New Testament church, they spent their time learning from the apostles and they were like family to each other. So nurture, education, spiritual growth, these things make possible the roots of our Christian faith. And that in turn makes possible what we can call the fruits of our faith, another characteristic of the early New Testament church. The fruits of our faith are what we would call mission or outreach or service to others. The best roots on any plant or tree or Christian won't mean much if they don't produce good fruit. Jesus said, by their fruit they shall be known. And every tree that does not produce good fruit shall be cut down and thrown into the fire. What did Jesus mean by bearing good fruit? He said it very clearly. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. They will know we are Christians by our love. Christians do not exist for themselves only, but we exist to meet the needs of others and to heal the hurts of others through our outreach and our mission. Again, as we read about the early New Testament church, they would sell their property and give the money to whoever needed it. That's why Woodmont has always had a strong commitment to mission and outreach. I remember when Clay first came here and when I first came here a year later that this church had a strong commitment to mission and outreach. Everybody was yelling about how much we were giving to outreach and at the same time neglecting these beautiful buildings that we have because the money was a little tight. Fortunately, since then, uh, things have changed and we're able to take care of our buildings and give generously to mission and outreach. But the point is, that if we don't have the fruits of the faith, then everything else really is not worth very much. So this is why and how Woodmont Christian Church has remained such a strong, vital, growing church throughout its 78-year history. By seeking God, sharing God's love, and serving others. And there's no telling how many lives have been transformed across these 78 years through this church. People who have survived tragic divorces or maybe the loss of a child because they have found the support of Jesus and the membership, the the love of the church family. Drug addicts and alcoholics who have overcome their addictions because of the caring community of the church. People who are lonely and afraid They find new joy in living when they find new life here in the church. People fighting cancer and other diseases who do incredibly well because they've learned it makes a difference when you trust in God. People who have had their lives completely torn apart and yet they bend down and they pick up the pieces and they go on and they find new joy and new meaning because they've discovered the power of resurrection through Christ. People who were wealthy and had everything to live with, but didn't really have much to live for, they find new meaning in life because they've discovered the teachings of Jesus. This is why Woodmont has remained such a great church for 78 years. And this is why we have great reason to celebrate her birthday today. Lives are being transformed from fear to courage, from selfishness to generosity, from inner turmoil and confusion to inner peace and joy, from resentment to forgiveness, from hurt to healing, from negative to positive, from egotistical to practicing humility. This is what we're celebrating today. And 78 years from now, We're gonna celebrate it again. Happy birthday, Woodmont Christian Church, amen.